So this was like before your mom died that we were just like watching dead mom movies. Oh, I just realized you're recording. So I hope this is like in the podcast. (laughs) Oh yeah, here we are. Yeah. Not just talking about dead moms, but dead love lives. Hi. I Thank you. I got new glasses. They've got this cool yellow tint. I feel like Hunter S. Thompson. You're listening to Your Radical Being. My name is Fiona Renee. I'm Summer Porlacani. And we're here discussing our radical beings so we can connect with your radical beings. You radical Thank beings, you. I'm in Hawaii all by myself. Aw, you kitties. Yeah, my cats are at home with sweet Jessica. She's taking care of my babies and I'm missing them. I'm I've been cuddleless. Speaking of just like being super fucking lonely, I I hugged someone for the first time in months the other day. I know. And I still haven't allowed myself to fully process it because I know it's going to be like devastating that I was able to like touch someone that I didn't pay. (laughs) And then not like not sex work, but also totally supportive of that. I hugged someone for the first time the other day and realized that I can count on two hands how many times I've hugged someone in the last year and not only that i can count on two hands how many times i had sex this last year which is <gasps> so depressing i'm I so know. sorry oh, i know give me all the pity for anyone who has covid fatigue i'm like fuck all y'all i live alone and i'm single like <laughs> and there's so many people out there that are probably listening in right now uh that feel the exact same way and it may even be more normal to them than it is to our past lives so if you're listening we're with you I I definitely had a little bit of a of a COVID hang friend for like a few months out of the year. Yeah. Um, So I had a a few sessions for sure, but I feel like I would be going out to bars, meeting people, you know, we just haven't been doing that. But today we're talking about dating and um, and what we're actually looking for. And I kind of have some cool news. I love that it's cool. It's cool for you to finally join all other millennials. You know, I don't think it's that cool. I kind of feel like I gave in. It comes down to the fact that I'm in a new place and I was judging myself. I was like, oh, I'm too cool to be on a dating app. And then I was like, who do you think you are? You know, all humans want to meet other humans. We're wired for connection. Right? That's what we're, we're literally programmed to connect with each other. So I did it, you guys. I got on Hinge. It's the one dating app I'm on. It's my first dating app as an adult since my divorced life has begun. I still want to look up that 20-year-old Fiona OkCupid in college, though. Like, if we, if we get a chance to do that, I might be willing to dig that up for you. Very short period of time. I was definitely just looking for sex. Um, But what are you looking for now? Well, that's a great question. (laughs) You know, I didn't know. And then I signed on to the site and answered questions about myself. You know, I was like, oh, it's asking me like these fun prompts. (laughs) I'm going to be punny and funny because no one actually wants all of my mess outright. Well, some people do. Some are no judgment. (laughs) Yeah, I was like me and my OK Cupid world where I'm like, I will write you a novel and you will love it all. And I will only talk to you if you answer these 10 questions that I want you to answer before I give you any of my time. 
Oh, you know, there's someone who likes every kind of flavor. There's someone for you and there's someone for me, you know? I noticed that the minute I got on, I felt very superficial and mm-hmm. I felt very judgmental of others. And it really was kind of a new experience for me because I, I would consider myself the least judgmental person I know. It's one of the reasons why we became such good friends because I felt safe around you. There wasn't a damn thing that I felt like I could tell you that you would hold against me. Right? Like, Especially goody two-shoes summer that was like afraid of stepping outside the lines, you know? So I still feel that way. I still feel like, you know, one of my best qualities is that you can tell me anything and I'm going to accept you. I'm going to find you interesting and beautiful as a human being no matter what. But if I'm looking to have some sexual romantic relationship with you, I am a harsh, harsh critic. <laughs> It's just interesting to see how that plays out, though. I know that we've talked about how you can have a conversation with just about anybody and how you can find something interesting about everybody. And I'm so picky about who I spend my energy on that, like, you'll talk just about anybody up, like, you know, when we used to go out in public, if you would, you would be ha- open to have a conversation while well, I'm like, I'm going to go sit down. Like I'm going to go over there. Cause I, I can't even be interested in this conversation that could potentially be interesting. Like I'm not even willing to try. It's so different on a dating app. Like the it's way we interact. so different. And now I know that I'm willing to kind of talk to anyone. And I recently met with a psychic who told me that I need to be very, very picky with men. That was like the first First thing he said. And it immediately kind of made me nervous once I got on this dating app because I'm like, am I being picky enough? What am I looking for here? So I'm like, okay, first and foremost, am I super attracted to you? And like pictures, I feel like I'm on MySpace again. Like pitch speaking of MySpace, I matched with Tom from MySpace. Fuck off. You're kidding. <laughs> You're kidding. I asked him. Sorry, Tom. Oh. Um, but it was kind of one of those things where I was like, man, I'm just looking at looks. Just looking at looks. You, and you do the quick thumb thing where you're just like flying by without even really thinking about it. Yeah, on Hinge, you basically scroll through five photos, an X or like. There's also like a, you have a rose, one like that is oh like a, a super exciting like that you only get one a day of. And if you really love their pictures, man, oh man, you can send that rose. That's um, so fucking cheesy. That's so bachelor. Like I don't <laughs> use Hinge, but that's such a bad, I say that like I ever want, I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor. But it just seems fucking cheesy. I kind of like a gold star. Gold star, my shit. Like, tell me I'm awesome. Yeah, I want a gold star. That's good. I like that better. Hinge. Get with it. So, you know, I do feel judgmental. I'm trying to sense who these people are uh, visually. I'm like, do I like the way you look? And then um, the next step is to be able to, do I like the way you sound? Mm, You and your senses. Right? being a big one. Sound being a big one. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, how we sense the world and how we sense other people with our senses is literally how we download it information into our weird program robotic bodies. If we had USB ports to download into our human hard drives, it would be our uh, our visual and our right, yeah, our mouth sinus. Yeah, this is like coming to my hard drive port. You know, first and foremost, COVID's a thing where like we talked about an episode before where COVID's kind of like having an STD, like we got to cess some shit out. <clears throat> 
STI. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you, STI. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful. We have to, informed consent is important. Talking about our exposures and our risk assessment and all of that jazz. Yeah. yeah. 10 years ago, I would have just gotten a coffee with all the dudes just to sense them out. But now I have to go senses one by one before I get to my sixth sense, which is the getting to share energy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I always gauge mine like off of energy. Like, and I can tell just by like looking at your profile if that's like something I want to get into or not but you know it's interesting because like everyone thinks about looks right like looks is the the whole thing about fucking dating apps and the king community has taught me I never thought I'd be attracted to someone who had like I don't know like maybe was like 60 and gray with the like beer belly like you know like finding someone that I would never have found attractive that probably looks a little like my dad but like you know like like that would never have been attractive to me and then realizing that like like when someone's good at something, when they have a real talent, when they have a real passion, an older person that I maybe wouldn't have found conventionally attractive, when they're pouring their heart out over their kink or doing this amazing rope scene or something, I'm just like, damn, that's fucking hot. Same thing I noticed about like, I thought Skrillex was attractive after I saw him live. It was like everything really? I never thought I'd be into. Yeah. I was like, I hate long hair on masculine people. But then I saw him bouncing around the stage and he was good at what he does. And then I was yes. like, ooh, that's attractive. And you, I'm like <laughs> saying, oh, you got to be between 5'11 and 6'3 and uh, and oh, you got to be white there. or we're black. Going there. We're going into <laughs> it. You made the reference to, to preferences last time. And I was like, oh, fuck me. We're going to have to talk about that. Yeah, I have these preferences that I think are mine, right? I think that they are my thoughts and my choices. But how yeah. much of it has been determined by the media or what I've been programmed with throughout my childhood to like a, a white man with a nice jawline? Yeah. I wonder how much I'm missing out because my ass is like x naying the brown guys or the Asian guys because I was like, oh, I'm Asian. I never liked Asians. Like I've, I've definitely been there with like with brown folks, right? Like Like, I've never been attracted to another Persian guy. Um, Maybe, like, two in my life, right? But, like, there's this, like, weird thing where, at least with Persians, I think it's because it's such a small community in Austin. Like, whenever we see another Persian, we're like, whoa, one of us. You know, like, if I still hear Farsi in a movie, I'm just like, whoa, part of the club. You know, like, it's, like, exciting to see that Mm -hmm. representation. Like, it's that rare. And so whenever I, like, the first Persian guy I slept with, which was just, like, a fuck buddy situation, there was, like, a, a part of me that was like, yeah, you're super hot. And then I was like, you remind me of my cousin, you know, like, and that's just like a little fucking weird. Before, whenever I used to say that I also had preferences, I was like my type. I was like that really one. I really surprised myself by the person that I would say was the most significant relationship in, in my life is someone that, that is nowhere near that type. Right. And then like challenging ourselves and like the classism, the racism, like the stuff that we're conditioned in to not even realize that like, oh, yeah, why aren't we attracted to like, why do people people say they're not attracted to Asian men. And it's like, look at, look at your field with Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood has Asian leads are there. had no Asian leading men until like recently with- Was oh, it Lost one of the first ones? I mean, yes. though that's still like 20 characters. It wasn't like- Yeah, no. he wasn't like the leading man or like the romantic lead. Uh, Crazy yeah. Rich Asians, we had yeah. a romantic lead that was uh, Asian male. But, you know, Hollywood has really like given us this kind of programming to make us think what we want is is this white guy. And yeah. 
It's weird for me because, you know, I'm half Asian and my, I don't know if it's Oedipus complex, but I've always been into like kind of white ginger dudes, which is what my dad looks like. I now, as I'm like scrolling through this app, I'm like, am I interested in you because I find you attractive or am I interested in you because I think that other people find you attractive? Ooh. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like my ex-husband, like this gorgeous hunk from England. I want to show you off. I was going to say, do you like that arm candy? Right? Yeah. yeah. And is that what's attractive to me? Am I sexually attracted to having arm candy? Or am I sexually attracted to you specifically? Mm. I've never been into Asians. I've been with two Asians in my life. They were both very handsome men. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. But I never thought it was my type. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's because this weird program in Hollywood, I've never wanted to show them off the same way. Um, Have you been with anyone that is like not your type at all? Like the way mine was, I never thought I'd go for someone 20 years older. I've slept with plenty of people who weren't my type, but I've but never. Relationship? No. Um, and then, you know, I'm on Hinge. I'm on this dating app for the first time in my life and I'm scrolling through and I'm feeling judgmental. And then I match with a half Asian guy. What did you call that at one point? You a called hop it up. Half Asian, half white? Yeah, half Asian, half white. I think it's a Hawaiian term, but okay. someone who's hapa means that they're like a half Asian. You know, I've never matched with someone off of a dating site that was a hapa. So whenever I was scrolling through dating site number one and I match with a hapa, I'm like questioning myself. I'm like, am I attracted to you? Is this possible? So I'm, you know, I'm interested in seeing kind you of- You testing yourself. Yeah. But I'm questioning myself for the first time in a new way because my confident, cocky ass, you know me, I'm like, yeah, I know what I like. I know what I want. Yeah, I want that guy. Yeah, this yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting here on this app going, wait, is that what I want? And am I yeah. missing out on something that is perfect for me because of these preconceived notions that I don't even know if they are mine? Yeah. It's interesting. Like when we started talking about race, more, right? Like I know Black Lives Matter has been around for a long time. I know we've had systemic racism like the entire time, you know, like it, it's a whole other thing where I feel like we got to a breaking point where the whole conversation between like non-racist and anti-racist, like we need to be doing more. Yeah. And so in this last year that we've really have had like a microscope on the way we act and treat people and like biases that we may not be aware that we have. I noticed that in the dating app. I noticed how long I may look at a profile. Like, am I immediately swiping left on someone of a particular race or a particular gender? Like, which ones do I give more thought to and more scroll time? Yeah. And so I try to, in challenging myself, I try to at least give everyone like the same amount of time. I'm like, if I'm going to just glance at you for a second, it's Gonna, everyone's gonna get five you know <laughs> like you know, I'm not gonna like short anybody in this like quick judgment even though we are judgmental we're classist we're racist like there were all the the ists and isms and and like that's something I, I'm glad that we're challenging even yes. on fucking dating apps and it's hard I can't imagine what it's like for them because yeah. I mean I admit I'm in Hawaii and there's a lot of Asians in Hawaii so I was getting bombarded with all these Asian likes that I went 
to the settings and changed my settings to where I was only getting white and black dudes. And brutal. I know. And then a whole bunch of Asians kept still popping up on my feed. And I was like. Because they knew they'd get fucking like crossed out off of that list. Like that they would be left off. So they probably checked white too. And then how messed up is that? Do they feel like they have to not stand in just their actual ethnicity, but also Mm -hmm. feel like they need to dabble in something else so just so they can be seen yeah like they whitewash themselves oh my gosh i couldn't believe it and so yeah there's a part of me that maybe there half of me is like my gut is turned on by what it's turned on whether yeah. it is from programming whether it's from some oedipus complex whatever it is um you know i see a big beefy kind of white trashy looking guy and i'm like yeah give me that dude I want. And it's kind of weird because, you know, for you having a Persian who speaks Farsi is like this like kind of cool secret club. Very familial. White military rednecks are my secret club. Your dad. Yeah. I mean, people yeah. that really know what it's like to shoot guns, go fishing, live in the country. And that's... <laughs> That's kind of where I resonate, you know, that I know more than other people. So it's interesting, like, that is kind of familiar. Familiar. Is that safe? Yeah, is that too safe? Um, and am I am I not taking the risk that I should be by reaching out, giving some profiles a bit more time? Yeah, um, some more attention. Maybe <laughs> responding back to some of the people I wasn't. But I said this before: all of the loves of my life have been love at first sight. You know, mm. for me, I've immediately seen them and been like, "Yeah." I'm going to fall in love with you. Yeah. How is this yeah. different? How is that different? So I don't know. You know, it's it's making me question what I'm really looking for, the time that it's going to take me to get that. I mean, a guy messaged me even on there. He was a white finance guy. So I responded, Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord. I know. It's the worst. So I responded. And he's like, what are you looking for? Uh, that question. I That's my response. I was like, blah, that question. He said, I know. <laughs> I said, um, what do you mean? And he said, friends, casual, or commitment. Hmm. Like they were all three separate things. Yeah. Mine's always like friend or friend with benefits, you know, like friendship being the basis. And that's friend how I more feel. Than friend. That's yeah. how I feel. No matter what, I'm looking for some, I mean, I might even find a few dudes on here that I'm like, hey, you want to hang out? I don't really want to fuck you, but like, you look cool as shit. You want to hang out? I your wanna- ability to become homies with just about anybody is unreal. You're you're <laughs> so, so open to so many connections. And I'm over here like, no, time is money. <laughs> like, you know, I, even if you're interesting, I, maybe you're not interesting enough and I'm, I'm gone and out of here. I know. I know. Yeah. Between the two of us, we'll find a nice, decent middle ground. But I I think that's what it is. I mean, during COVID, you said something before to me that I really resonated with. It was like mm. you're looking for someone who's like an actual romantic partner or you're looking for a, a COVID. Oh, it was something my my colleague Morgan said. I bless her. I love her account on Instagram. Connect with Morgan Johnson. But she said, are you looking for a relationship or a COVID situationship? And I was like, oh. Situationship. You know, and that makes me feel like I'm just filling some void or filling Mm -hmm. some hole. And I'm like, ew, not into that. Not into that at all. I'll fill my own holes all day long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) So I think, you know, the more I think about what I'm looking for, I'm looking for a friend. 
I'm looking for casual relationship and I'm looking for it to eventually turn into some commitment. Being open to more, right? Like one of the best lessons I learned from someone, like the idea that someone's like, oh, I, I'm not going to force a path may look like they're avoiding commitment. And it's like, no, maybe the the open mind and the open to any path is just what's going to help you get there naturally. And that will be the most natural night dynamic and the most authentic and beautiful one you could have with the person yeah. you don't force it. And yeah. that same relationship that I that I value the most in my life like I had no idea what we were doing there was like my so out of the senses for me my gut my intuition will say like yes I want to follow through with this yes I want to find out what this could lead to yes I want to respond to that person and like when I look at my relationships the last handful were all like something's telling me that I need to pursue this and I don't know why but I'm gonna find out that's the best yeah and then like and that person was like I didn't know why we were even hanging out I didn't know why we were talking. I don't know what intrigued me about this person, but there was like, it was like a, the whole moth to the flame thing. Mm -hmm. And then I was willing to see where it went, had no idea what it was going to blossom into. But then that was the most natural, authentic dynamic I've had to date. It's like effortless in putting in the effort, right? Like the investment. Yeah. Yeah. Like it flows, but you still commit time to it. It's not just something that it just happens. It's something that continues to happen because there's focus involved. You give focus to it, but the focus doesn't feel like you're lifting 900 pounds. Right. Which I think is why COVID dating's harder, right? Like how much energy and bandwidth does anyone have these days to begin with? Like my days are fucking busy and it's just me, my dog half the time. Like I don't even have my dog full time, but like every other week and then my very needy cat. Um, But like, I think about like adding another person, like getting to know somebody. And I'm like, that sounds fucking exhausting. I have no interest in dating. But then I know when I'm interested in someone, like the last person I went out, like the only person I've gone out on a, on a date with during these quarantine times, my interest in them, like that that intrigue, like take some spoons, right? To spend time with them just because like when you haven't socialized in a long time, like that's a muscle you have to exercise before to atrophy. So like it can be exhausting, but like I want to make that effort. Yes, so you want like- to. It's not an effort where it's like, I don't want to do this. It's an effort that's like, this isn't easy, but I really do want to do this. Yeah. The desire. I think that's one of the most important things in any relationship. Like, I I don't know if you've ever thought about like the values that you have in your friendships or relationships, but I have like five words that kind of help me gauge like. Yeah. Five core values. Everyone should have their top five core values. Yeah. Yes. I have them written down in my notes just in case I forget. (gasps) What are yours? We'll talk about that another episode. Um, all right. Well, we'll one, of core values. <laughs> one of my things is desire. Cause your, your desire, like if you ask any couple, like what's important to them long-term, like a lot of the answers I get are like good sex. And it's like, what is good sex? You know, like you're talking about desire, I think at the core of it, like desire to get to know you, desire to be intimate, whether that's physical or emotional or whatever, like desire to like want to know you better and how to like love you and love, be loved by you. And I think that's a big, a big thing that I look for. And I think that comes down to a lot of individuals' desires to live. People who want to get up in the morning and actually choose to live, not just wake up and have to live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a big difference and you can feel that in someone's energy. And I think that like we shouldn't be dating if we're waking up feeling like we have to live. That is a big clear sign to me that it's like you should probably just be focused on you right now. But if I'm waking up every day and I'm excited for life and I'm busy and I'm stoked and I really want to share it with someone, 
And I really Mm -hmm. want to share all the cool things that I have going on in my life and all of the weird, strenuous, horrible things that come along with that with someone. That's yeah. kind of like, okay, maybe I'm ready to date. But how much effort and energy you want to put out in COVID world is totally different than pre-COVID world. Yeah. yeah. I want someone who like, I don't want to have to take care of someone else. So I'm like barely taking care of myself, right? Like, you know, in COVID times, like there's just so much more to deal with and so much less bandwidth for it and like less resources and etc. I don't think necessarily people have to like love themselves because I feel like that's some privilege in some way. Like, you know, if if you wake up every morning and you're fucking exhausted, like, are you able-bodied? Do you have a job that's really like running you ragged, family support, like whatever it may be. But I think it's it still comes back to desire, like your desire for more, your desire to be interested in dating, your desire to to do something different, you know? So, cause there are days that like, I know I don't want to get out of bed, but like, that doesn't mean that I'm not open to the possibilities that anything, you know, anything yeah, you still have a desire to live yeah, and to play yeah. Um, yeah. in the big term, even though you may have a day where your desire is a little dry. I just want someone who like owns their shit so that we can, it's okay to not be okay. But the thing about COVID relationships or situationships that scares me the most is that this relationship is building on codependence. Like we're immediately codependent in a COVID world when yes. you know, we can only negotiate so many people in our bubble. And like, that's a big thing for me to, to think about and maybe talk about next time. Yeah, I mean, codependency, that goes in line with, you know, you feel like you have to have this because you're, you have nothing without this. So even though you may be settling, you know, like I have to be dependent on something. So I'll go for this instead. And that also the other side of that coin is I don't want anything because I'm so scared of codependency or I'm so opposed to becoming codependent that Mm -hmm. I don't let myself commit to anything or depend on anything at all. But I, you know, in order to take the risk to meet someone in COVID world in person, we got to at least, I mean, first base is now let's have a FaceTime date before I meet you in person. COVID makes you spontaneous sometimes, I guess, or like do things that you normally wouldn't do. I would have never gone camping with someone on the third date, but we went camping and it was like probably one of the best dates I've ever had. And I went there with my own tent thinking I was going to still be like, no one was going to be penetrating my bubble. And and he showed up. And you were penetrated. We, yeah. And then we'd be sharing a tent. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> all right. This is the perfect opportunity for us to kind of experience things that we didn't do before. You know, I would be going, all right, yo, my man, meet me at this Red Lobster at this address. I'll see you at seven. Yeah. I would be the person that would like make, I'm a control freak. I make all the decisions, but now maybe that's my, it's my cue to kind of let go of some control. It's funny because it reminds me some of the conversations we've had about what roles we're used to, right? Like you're used to being pursued and in a way that that, that keeps you in control, right? Like you get to decide how much of you you want to you put out there yeah. how much you're willing to give but like that person's there like you're not questioning anything even in like gender stereotype like I'm used to being pursued a lot too it's funny that it's like as soon as someone says I'm not available I don't have the bandwidth and I'm like oh I like you even more you know or like for the person who's not sending you as many versus like initiating as many texts the half like, Asian <laughs> and you're like I want more of your attention what the fuck <laughs> yeah this isn't going the way I planned I'm not in control here yeah. What? I'm uncomfortable and I don't like the feeling of 
rejection, Who whether does? it's personal or real, but it still feels like that because mm-hmm. we're just so sensitive to everything as our worlds have completely gone upside down. And <laughs> like, I think that's the key right there. I mean, mm-hmm. dating is a weird thing. I'm excited to kind of experience this whole dating app thing. I don't know how long I'll have it, if I'll delete it next week. But, you know, the next thing that comes with it is how we handle rejection through dating and how that kind of messes with us, uh, makes us not want to date more. How you may feel in comparison to how the other person may feel. Oh, all the rejection and discomfort and awkward. I love it. (laughs) All right, guys. There's so much more to talk about. Let's get really uncomfortable on the next episode. Uh, (laughs) We will see you next time. Make sure to check out your.radical.being on Instagram. Shoot us a little DM. Let us know what your dating life is like. Uh, Until then, my name is Fiona Renee. And I'm Summer Porlacani. And we will be talking to you very, very soon. Toodles. Bye. (laughs)